Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Booyah! You usually do that. Whoa. That was terrible, wasn't it? Booyah. Um, Welcome to the Investories podcast. Uh, We're we're late on this one, actually, Kyle. Are we? Oh, jeez. And I I hold my hand up. I was sick. I sounded like a bear or with a cold or something like that. I don't know. Is that the real reason why you didn't shave? You were sick? Yeah, I was really... I was was fine. I felt fine, but I had a really sore throat. And I just sounded uh, horrendous. I could run. I ran 10 miles at the weekend. So that's pretty good. 10 miles? Yeah. Jeez, man. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Just kept running. Um, but anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Doing really good. Yeah? What have you been up to? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Just uh, pretty much doing the same old, same old. I'm on day 60 of 75 hard. So the end is in sight. I got about two weeks left. My wife did it with me, and she's a week ahead because, of course, I got sick on day three, so I had to start over. Oh. But, uh, man, it's been a really cool experience. It really has. It's been fun. What, and what is that? So 75 hard, people can Google what that is. What does your version of it look like? What, what adjustments have you had to make? Yeah, so I am that guy who never drank water, like ever. Like, I just was not a water drinker. I think it tastes like water. <laughs> And which is which is not a good thing. I need, I need something with a little bit of flavor. And so I drank coffee all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd switch afternoon. I'd switch over to like decaf and then just keep on cranking them down. And uh, but in seventy five hard, you got to drink a gallon a day. You can't put any kind of flavorings in them. Nothing like that. It's straight up water. Wow. So that was the hardest adjustment for me. But there's two workouts a day. That was easy. Um, I was pretty much not really doing two a day, but at least working out every day. So just adding a you know a nice brisk walk at nighttime actually really kind of helped the experience. It was fun. Um, you got to read a book, a self-help book every single day, 10 pages, which is, you know, I did that anyways. So that was really mm-hmm. easy. And, uh, you got to follow a diet, which for me is just a, I'm trying to do, I'm like a bulk phase is what they call it, where you're trying to put on muscle, you know, so I just have to crank down a crap ton of food and, um, that's easy. <laughs> I mean, really, it's not that bad. You know, if you're already an active person, you got to try it. It's a great mindset thing. You learn a lot about yourself. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to try that, I think. Um, i got a vacation planned in April, so after that. But I'm a bit like a greyhound in the fact that I don't do anything and then run <laughs> like a crazy person right. and then kind of chill. And, and yeah, so I, but, but that's the challenge, right? That sounds, sounds pretty interesting. It is, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so today we've got Grace on the call, on, on the call, on the episode. Is that right? On the show? Eh, oh, it was yeah, a show, days. call episode. So, yeah. And Grace is based in, uh, where was she based? Somewhere. She's out. in Cedar Rapids, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. that was it. East, what was it? Yeah. Eastern Iowa. That was what I was trying Eastern to think Iowa. of. Eastern Iowa. Which I don't yeah. know if I'd know where Western Iowa is, so it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really help me. I'm going to get you a map. Yeah, that's what I need. I've got the two side bits of the U.S. sorted. It's the stuff in the middle. The side right? bits, yeah. yeah. So the East Coast, West Coast. Anyway, um, but yeah, your Brit- your British is showing. Yeah. Grace is awesome. Grace has um, done a ton of creative investing deals, dabbled in midterm rentals, um, and really just built 
knowledge through connecting with people and being curious and being open and um you know making those those broad steps that we probably all should have made um finishing college and um you know that that part of that is being educated and getting educated in in how real estate works but also then in terms of making good financial decisions about um house hacking or you know burrs that kind of stuff so that that was super interesting for me it's kind of like a a portal back to uh, to see how someone with a more sensible responsible mind kind of processes through oh this is kind of where i want to get to so that was that was super interesting yeah and she she started like a lot of us did which is you know very meager and and small and and one thing that she was really good at is recognizing opportunity and she talks about a deal where she found two fourplexes that were side by side or maybe on the same lot so eight units and she kind of thought about midterm rentals maybe this would make sense it wasn't a super saturated market so she decided to try it with one unit, couldn't keep them empty. I mean, they were full all the time. So she decided to move those into the other seven units that she was using or that she owned. And uh, it went, you know, really well for her. And she continued to do that. And on top of that, she really dove into the, the creative financing world. And, you know, she got a, a, a mentor, a mentorship program, which taught her a lot of the different methods for getting creative financing. And she really just ran with it. So it's got, she's got some really good uh, tips and tricks for everybody to listen to. And before we dive into the episode, can you all do us uh, a, a solid, do us a favor and um, just give us a really lovely, nice review saying that you're enjoying our show. Thanks. That's it. And give us a shout on social media if you feel inclined. Investories pod on uh, Instagram. And uh, without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome to Investories, Grace Goodenkarf. Hello, thank you. You you pronounced that perfectly. It was almost <laughs> like we rehearsed it just before. We, we're learning, Kyle. <laughs> we're learning. And is that is that a German surname? Yeah. Last name? It, it is? Yep. And have you dived into the family history of where it's from? Yes. Yeah, so actually, my family came over from Luxembourg. And, yeah. But if you know anything about Luxembourg, it's all German people and the German language. And I'm actually applying for my Luxembourg set, uh, citizenship right now. I'm like halfway through yeah. that. Yeah, oh, that's it's, cool. really, it's been that, really and, interesting. And then you unlock the whole of the EU. Yeah, so oh, I nice. want that red passport. <laughs> I miss my red passport. Very, I'm still very sore about it. Anyway, okay. we don't want to get I, I don't. Uh, I want to get into this. What is a red passport? What, what are we talking about here? Does this give you just free reign to stay in the EU, the EU as long as you want? Yeah, pretty if much. I, <laughs> I mean, you would probably know more than me. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, huh? um, it's... So, yeah, it's a EU... Once you get an EU passport, you can go anywhere in the EU. And I think you can settle right, Grace? Mm-hmm. Pretty much any country. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And all you need is citizenship in an EU country and, and you get the, the license to travel anywhere, anytime, anywhere you want. Why yeah, has nobody the, ever told me about this? This is brilliant. Within the EU. And yeah. the Luxembourg passport is like the third most powerful in the world. So that's what I am excited for. But there's like this very special law about if you can prove your lineage in a very specific way, you can get the uh, Luxembourg passport. And some of my cousins did it already. They have it. So we're hmm. about in the middle of it. That's brilliant. That's awesome. If only yeah. I wasn't a member of a country that decided to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough politics. Enough politics. Grace, thank you for jumping on the show. Um, 
there's so much we want to talk to you about um, creative finance, midterm rental, um, the mm. community you're building. Kind of where to start? Well, let's start with that. Where to start is how did you get? How did you fall into the rabbit hole of real estate? That's a good question. When I was in college, my boyfriend was a year older. He was graduated, and he flipped a farmhouse in small town Iowa. And I would like help paint every once in a while. And I was like, oh, this is a good idea. Maybe I'll do this in like 10 years. And then I graduated during COVID and I was really bored in Iowa. If you know anything about Iowa in the winter, there's nothing to do. And I was like, all right, let's flip a house. Like I've got the energy. I don't know how to do it, but let's do it. And that's kind of how it started. Wait, did you say you built a house? Flip. Oh, flip to house. Okay. Sorry, my Siri's going off for some reason. Um, so you, <laughs> wait, you flipped a house. What did that look like? Did you, how did you find that property? So the first house I ever bought was actually my primary residence and we knew it was empty. So we wrote a letter to the owner and negotiated it off market. And then I ended up living in it, doing kind of a live and flip and living with my boyfriend and my sister. Um, but it was really funny cause I had absolutely no clue what was going on. I remember I like gave my earnest money directly to the seller and I like gave it to him and he looks at me and he goes, what do I do with this? And I said, I don't know. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> and he left it on his counter all 30 days until closing. And wow. we just had no clue how to get it done. But part of my spiel was let's not pay a realtor. And somehow we got it done. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's kind of a fun way to get into to real estate investing. I did the same thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I bought mine from my dad, and it was vacant. He was trying to rent it out, and it, he couldn't get it rented out. And I was like, "Oh, hey, you got this eighteen-year-old son over here. He'd love to have a bachelor pad, you know. So give me a shot." And uh, my plan was to flip that one, but I ended up living in it because it was two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. You know, can't do much. Can't do much then. Um, so, I mean, at what point, I mean, did you purchase this with intentions of this being an investment? Because you said you lived in it. So how did that play into things? I first started looking for an investment, but found this house and fell in love with it. It was a 1920s craftsman. So I just kind of knew, okay, if I have two roommates, each of our rent will be three, 400 bucks. It'll be perfect. So... I had the intention of making it an investment, but it kind of was because it kind of wasn't. I did really well after I, after I sold it upon my two-year mark because um, we added like a bathroom and all of that good stuff. But immediately after I bought that, we started looking for like a real real estate project. And so you started looking for a real project. Now, what does a real project mean to you? Was that, when, was that flips at, at that time or were you thinking long-term rentals because you were seeing the ability to build some wealth out of this yeah so long-term rentals the first one we got was like a full gut it was me and my boyfriend doing diy we thought it was going to take three months twenty thousand dollars to do this 1600 square foot full gut took six months thirty six thousand dollars working all through the summer every weekend every night but we got it done and it was a fantastic um end result and we still have that that was two years ago so I want to take it back a second. How did you get the how did you get through the education piece or how did you learn to fit these things together and, and kind of start this journey? 
Yeah, so my boyfriend had been listening to Bigger Pockets, and kind of whenever I was in the car with him, he would listen to it, and then I started to take an interest. I started listening on my own. I made an Instagram like immediately with my first property, learned a ton from people on there, like watching bigger investors do things. I read some books, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that hard. Um, And I'm somebody who I just need to know a little bit and I'll jump in. So that first one, I did a ton of learning. I didn't know how to analyze it. But by the second one, like I bought one property and then I turned around and bought two duplexes together. So four, like three months later. So like I learned pretty quick and I just went all in. <laughs> this is something, this, oh, sorry, go ahead. This is something we don't talk about a whole lot on here is I guess the power of social media. You know, when we talk about education and trying to learn about real estate investing, a lot of people just kind of go through hard knocks, you know, it's just trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't work. And then you get the extreme other side who just buries themselves in traditional education and then oftentimes never even pull the trigger because you know, yeah. you get that fear aspect of it. But I like the idea of social media. You ran straight out when you got this idea, started a social media you know, platform, I guess on Instagram and, and started learning from other people. So what were the beginnings of that like? Because anybody can do that, right? So anybody who's listening can just go out and say, all right, well, I just bought this flip, have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to document everything that I'm doing on this and maybe people will start following me and interacting and give me advice, make some contents, financing, you know, all these different things. And it's such a powerful tool. What did the beginning of that look like for you when you first started that Instagram account? Yeah. So I would just post, oh, I'm reading this book. Like, oh, this is what the house looks like that we just purchased. And I was posting a lot about that very specific house and that renovation. And then just posting about things that I was learning. Thankfully, like I would say I'm a quick learner because I take action. So I don't just sit and learn and learn and learn. I learn and I do and I learn and I do. Um, So that was really, it was really fun to just dive right into it. Like I found real estate and I was like, let's go. This is it. I'm going all in. (laughs) And did you find that people were mostly pretty encouraging whenever you were doing that? Or did you get, you know how social media is. You get the people on there who are like, oh, I can do it better than that, or that was a stupid thing for you to do. Was everybody pretty much encouraging, giving tips, and and following along, and and that type of stuff? Yeah, I think everybody's so encouraging and supporting, and I still find this. You'll find people who are not in the real estate community who will leave, like, mean comments or, like, say that landlords are ruining the earth. Um, (laughs) But for the most part, everybody is so open and honest and willing to share uh, tips and success and failures and I have seriously the social media real estate community has been absolutely pivotal in my career like in my real estate career absolutely yeah I have experienced the exact same thing and the other side of it I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today um, the landlord hate is a real thing out there right now and I I understand to a certain degree because there's a lot of little scummy landlords mm-hmm. And, uh, but on the other side of it, it's like, if you own this place and you know, you get, you get the keyboard warriors who just jump out there and say, okay, well, this person should be offering it for free. Um, you know, this is too much money and they don't know anything about this particular market. And it's amazing the difference in markets. Uh, where do you invest or where, where was the beginnings of your investing? Was it all, was it in Iowa? Yep. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. All my properties are within 15 minutes of each other. So I have a very specific area that I invest in. Nice, nice. Have you ever considered going outside your area or is it one of those it's not broke, don't fix it type of things? 
It's a, it's not broke, don't fix it. However, I do want to add another market in the next year or two if we might move and just maybe do some duplex house hacks here and there for yeah. more of an appreciation market because I'm in a very cash flow, low appreciation market. So I'd love to balance out the two. I love that. If you wouldn't mind even just sharing just a little bit, because I, I talk about that all the time and, and I, I'm, anybody who's listening has heard me talk about cash flow versus appreciation. Maybe you can kind of narrow down for the, for our new listeners what the difference is between those two things and how you get them in different areas. Yeah, so I like to think of cash flow and appreciation as like a linear scale. You're probably never going to have both. If you have really great cash flow, you have low appreciation and vice versa. Um, and then you can get like right in the middle. But for example, Los Angeles is going to have fantastic appreciation. People saw $100,000 of appreciation in 2021, 2020. But you're not going to cash flow anything because it's so expensive. In Cedar Rapids, you can get $1,200 rent from a $90,000 property. That's good cash flow. But your appreciation, you, you literally will never appreciate $100,000. It just, it's not like that. Um, so I am in a very uh, cash flow where everything works really well. I get the 1.2% rule, probably minimum. Wow. But I'm not going to get rich off appreciation soon. Over 30 years, I'll do fantastic. But, you know, you're not going to see a huge jump in your portfolio in just a few years like you would in other cities. And and there's there's a very specific (coughs) excuse me. There's a very specific reason why. And and this is where people need to set their goals. Right. So you got to you got to figure out what is it that I'm trying? What am I investing for? Am I looking for Mm -hmm. cash flow because I'm trying to get out of a job? You know, if I need to replace my income, then the cash flow makes a lot of sense. And that's where I started out. But if you are doing, if you're in wealth preservation, if you're in wealth building and the cash flow really doesn't matter to you so much, you don't mind the ups and the downs of the market, then these appreciation markets are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the coastal city or coastal, you know, big cities are, are where you're going to find a lot of your big time appreciation markets and not so much cash flow. But when you narrow down to the red states and the Midwest and the South, a lot of those are going to be your appreciation markets. So, so you've settled on cash flow at this point, and you've got a you know, I guess we haven't talked about your second rental, your long term rental. So, what what did you guys invest in? You know, after you've started, after you got your original house. Yeah, and it never even occurred to me to invest elsewhere. Like when I started, it was like it's here or nowhere. I, I didn't know what long distance investing was. Um, but yeah, right away we started to do single family and small multifamily and we've pretty much stuck to that big rehabs, um, mixed in with midterm rentals and creative financing. That's really our whole portfolio. And we've held 95% of everything we've ever bought. I've only sold my primary and then a house I bought with another investor. That's awesome. In terms of that sort of sweet spot or that thing you're looking for and it, it's probably the property and as we go into creative financing the person what does that what do you look for in a property yeah so i buy in cedar rapids iowa i want to do a perfect burr so i'm probably picking up a house that needs some rehab um, medium to extensive rehab i want to cash flow long-term rental 200 dollars. if it's a midterm rental which i'm probably not buying any more of those because i have 13 right now I probably want to cash for $500 a door. So that's what it looks like. I want a good neighborhood, B, B class neighborhood. Um, I don't like to do D or C class because I want my houses to, within Cedar Rapids, be on the higher appreciating side, not the lower appreciating side. And I just want to always have good tenants. So I shoot for B class properties. 
Let's just talk about that for a second. Um, I know Kyle's about to pull the trigger on a question. Um, but <laughs> regarding regarding classification of, of properties, neighbourhoods, is there a hard and fast rule for that? Um, it's not something you can just Google, right, and say A class, B class, to a point. You, you can mm-hmm. get that information. What do you look for in a, it to make it a, a B class neighbourhood? Yeah, you definitely can't Google it. So what I tell people is the A class is going to be brand new construction, hip hot downtown area b class is like your suburbs still a great neighborhood lots of families c class is starting to be iffy like maybe not your favorite place to be but not a huge deal and then d class is like you definitely don't want to be there at night that nobody wants to live there they have to live there because it's the cheapest area thank you for listening to part one of this uh, amazing interview uh, please reach out investoriespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or investoriespod on Instagram. Uh, I think also the same on, on TikTok. Reach out, connect. Uh, we're always happy to hear from you, happy to get questions, and we'd love to get you on the show if you want to come on and discuss uh, any questions you have or anything you're thinking about or any tactics or strategies. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Tuesday Techers, where we're going to dive into the kind of techniques and the strategies and that side of things. So uh, looking forward to connecting with you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.